Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome back to the Writers Panel. And hey, Happy New Year. It's me, Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. As you know, I created the show because I wanted to talk to other writers about the business and process of writing. I've had almost a thousand writers on the show, so please check the archives to find more writers and more TV shows that interest you. I myself have written a bunch of things with my writing partner, Ben Acker, so not just myself. Uh, We were on the writing staff of Supernatural, of Puss in Boots, on a few other programs. Last year, though, 2017 was a weird year. We did a lot of writing, but very little of it for TV. We were out pitching a couple of projects, but I'm not allowed to talk about those yet. But here are some things you can run out and buy if you want to support me and if you want to support this show. And supporting me is supporting this show. Uh, Acker and I wrote two Star Wars one-shot comics tied into The Last Jedi, the terrific new Star Wars movie. One of these is about the salt-covered planet of Crate, which you see in the movie. It is stunningly illustrated by Mike Mayhew, who's done a bunch of Star Wars work for Marvel. Um, there are a few pages in there that are among my very favorite comic book work uh, that, that Ben and I have done. And that's out now. You can get that from your local comic book shop or at Comixology. And on January 31st, our story about Benicio Del Toro's character, DJ, is being released. It's penciled by Kev Walker and shows how DJ wound up in jail on the casino planet in The Last Jedi. Both of those are from Marvel. Both of those, get them in your comic book store or on Comixology. And if you want more Star Wars from Acker and me, you can check out our young adult series of novels called Join the Resistance. It's about a bunch of kids who join up with General Leia's resistance in the time leading up to The Force Awakens. It's Goonies with X-Wings. You're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. The first two books are currently available through Amazon, and the third in the trilogy is coming later this year. It won't be a long wait. Finally, uh, also in comics, the collected edition of Death Be Damned, the supernatural western that Acker and I wrote with our pal, showrunner Andrew Miller, Uh, who's currently doing the Tremors series, is now available. It's four issues. It's beautifully illustrated by Hannah Christensen, and we're very proud of it. That's from Boom Studios, and that collected edition is also available on Amazon. Okay, that is it for now. I'm working a lot on two major projects, one in TV and one in comics, and I'm not allowed to tell you about them. But when I am, you'll be the first to know. So thanks for listening to these long introductions. These Mark Maron-style rambling introductions. Uh, But for now, I really want to hear from you. What writers haven't I had on the podcast that you want to hear from? What TV are you watching? What am I not asking that you want to know? Email me at nerdistwriters at gmail.com. I'll read all those emails that come in. Some really nice ones have, so thank you guys, and, and I'm going to use your questions going forward. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker. Uh, Like the Writers Panel on Facebook. Visit writerspanel.tumblr.com. That's all the social media. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Now, more than ever, I need the sweet adrenaline rush of a good review to distract me from all the work I have to do and the dumb, stupid world that we live in. And now, here's a great theme song by Paul and Storm. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in to tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writer's Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Guys, we're back with our good pal, Liz Hara. Hey. Welcome back, Liz. This is part two 
of the boyhooding of Lizara. <laughs> <laughs> um, when last we spoke, which was probably about six, four months ago, mm, something like that. Yeah. Let's say five. Sure. Let's split the difference. Yeah. Um, End of had, May. Yeah. You had just completed your first week on uh, Life in Pieces, yep. which is your first, uh, first job as a primetime television writer. Yeah, my first time in a writer's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, your background was on Sesame Street mm-hmm. uh, as a writer and as a uh, costumer. Uh, builder and wrangler. Builder. Yeah. That's right. Um, so now we are more than halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, when we last spoke, production hadn't started. The week had been, uh, the room had been running for about a week. Yep. Um, What's changed? How's it been? Oh, it's been <laughs> You crazy. were having a good time. You were saying how nice everybody is. Everybody <laughs> in that room is just so lovely and funny and sweet. Uh, Are they still nice? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no doubt. Uh, I mean, there's also certainly a lot of teasing and that kind of stuff, but... Good fun. Yeah, so so that's actually an interesting thing uh, before we sort of get into the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. Like, how does a room get to know each other? Uh, what has been your experience? I mean, really, it's just kind of a matter of time. Like, nobody really seems to spend that much time with each other outside of work, mm-hmm. um, except for Justin, the showrunner, and then... Brad is best friend and Barbie is wife, obviously. They spend a lot of time together. Um, But everyone else kind of has their own social life. Um, But I don't know. I guess just the proximity gets people really comfortable Mm -hmm. with each other. Um, Does it seem like, you know, you were saying that it's a very welcoming room. It's Mm -hmm. a very warm room. I remember you talking about that. Um, Does it seem like that's the case for... Everyone there, a lot of them knew each other already coming in. Was it easy to step into? And you said a few other new folks came in Mm -hmm. after you, right? Right after me, yeah. Um, I mean, on the one hand, you get to know people really quickly because we share really personal, embarrassing stories. And Mm -hmm. like it just kind of is inherently an intimate situation. Um, but actually, it took me a really long time to kind of warm up and feel comfortable. Like, the first couple weeks, um, I know I I think I said in the last interview that I got really nervous talking in class, uh-huh. uh, and that was exactly like that for <laughs> many, many weeks. And that is the feeling, right? Yeah, it is absolutely. It is like a new person in class, yeah. and, and you're not sharing the answer, you're sharing personal stories, yeah. which makes it even worse, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, although you did you did pitch a lot of material, or you pitched material that mm-hmm. made it into show. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about that? And then we'll, we'll kind of circle back and talk about how, you know, you kind of got over the, the nervousness. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, let's see. There was one storyline in particular that actually made it into the third episode, which will be mm-hmm. airing on Thursday. This won't be up until okay. January. Okay, well then. Um, <laughs> then great. Then I can talk about a lot more stuff. Yes. Um, so yeah, the third episode of the season was based on my dad getting hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, my parents are about the same age as uh, James Rowland and Diane Weist, so a lot of those stories are very applicable. And I actually think uh, James Rowland's character, John, is 
very similar to my dad in and, a lot of and ways. And you, I mean, again, we know each other off of microphones. Yeah. And you mine a lot of your dad for comedy. <laughs> uh, the man is insane. And he's just, yes, a wealth of inspiration. He is, he's a character. Yeah. Um, so what was it, when it came time to sort of start pitching stories, mm-hmm. Justin give a template? Did, you know, was it just sort of a free-for-all of like, what are family stories? Uh, sometimes he'll ask, or at the very beginning, he would ask very specific questions, like what was, what's something that's really annoying about your partner, mm-hmm. or um, just kind of specific growing up stories. But the first couple of weeks, everybody just kind of pitched out ideas for different characters, and we wrote them on index cards and put those all up on a board, kind of divided them by uh, character or family groups. Mm -hmm. Um, So we know, like, oh, we need a John and Joan story. Let's look to these ideas. Um, But And did Justin do that part of it? uh, He led the room for it. Right. Um, who was actually putting stuff on the board? Uh, the writer's assistants. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so did you pitch this story specifically uh, when it was time to pitch stories for these two characters? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. Um, and again, can you think back and like, why that story? What about it seemed right? Did you have it in your pocket already? Uh, or was it thought of in the moment? Uh, probably more in the moment, um, but Dad definitely has a lot of weird stuff about his getting hearing aids and his being a uh, a hearing impaired person for many many years. Okay. Um, in particular, the thing that my dad loves doing now that he has hearing aids is walking around, pointing to his head, and declaring, "I have AIDS." Oh God. Uh, and the that daddest. made it into next week on Life in Pieces trailer. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he must have been thrilled. Um, have you seen that? Mom was thrilled. <laughs> Dad just sent an email that said, "Art imitates life?" Question <laughs> mark. That's very funny. So yeah. Um, so uh, when it is when you when you guys are all sort of pitching these ideas in these first in the, say the first month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, is it is it sort of a free for all? I mean, you're going for specific characters. How do you know when something starts to take hold? Uh, I mean, people laugh and it mm-hmm. gets put on a card, or people say, "Huh." <laughs> That's the polite yeah. no. That's funny. Yeah, or I mean, sometimes you'll say something and it will trigger another story from mm-hmm. someone else that is a little bit uh, closer to what we're looking for. Um, so. I think actually at the very beginning, I was pretty nervous about sharing things unless I could see how they would work. Hmm. Um, But now I've kind of learned or I'm starting to learn that if you just say stuff, it will be probably productive Mm -hmm. because it'll get somebody thinking about something. Sure, it sort of greases the the wheels a little bit. Um, I wonder if that is universal good advice. (laughs) I wonder. I mean, like like you were saying, you yeah. were sort of, you know, you had anxiety about speaking in, in class for a little while. Yeah. And for someone who doesn't, to suggest that you should just <laughs> say stuff is probably too much. But for you and for, I think, for a lot of us who are hesitant to speak in mm. a group like that, 
um, when you probably feel like you're saying stuff, yeah. saying too much, it's probably just the right amount. Yeah, yeah. And I think just generally, you can't be self-editing all the mm-hmm. time. And I think that's really what I had been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you remove that, you can actually contribute. That's really good advice. So how did you how did you remove that? What did you have to do mentally? Oh my god, I had to sit there freaking out for several weeks. Um yeah, and we should say, I mean, you've said this already, but I'll yeah. reiterate like this could be any room. Yeah. It is not this is not about the people in the room in Absolutely. Fact, I know a lot of those folks and they're like you have the warmest nicest yeah. room. They like each other. The hours are good. Yeah. Everyone likes the show. And the showrunner and, and the sort of the upper level writers. So yeah. this really is a personal thing that I think a lot of us go through mm-hmm. in a writer's room. Um, so you sat there beating yourself up about it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Freaking out every moment and counting down the weeks until they could fire me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was so scary. Uh, and my friend Marta actually suggested... Uh, that I line up a little row of like seven M and M's, and every time I said something, I could eat an M and M. Did you do it? Uh, I never did, but I it's not. That was, a, it was pretty good advice. advice. I'm pretty sure people would have noticed. Sure, <laughs> and I'm sure that would have <laughs> made me insane. even cooler. <laughs> Already the coolest kid <laughs> in the room. Um, but there are tricks like that you can do. Did you find yourself? Employing any kind of you know way to trick yourself? Uh, not. I wish I had. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I signed up for an improv class just so that I could practice. That's great. Talking. That's a great. And idea. thinking on my feet. Um, I hear that a lot too. Yeah. Is, you know, just as a way of uh, just as an exercise. Yeah. Like it, it forces you to do it. Yeah. And there's some really something to be said for that. Yeah. You know, a lot of us come into this job. We know how to write. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's so little of the actual but job. But this is this part is so different yeah. from just writing. Absolutely, it's a completely different skill set. It's really a lot more performative than mm-hmm. I was expecting. Yeah. Um, when people are pitching ideas for certain characters, they'll even kind of use that character's voice. Uh, so there were actually a couple characters that I just kind of avoided pitching jokes for because I didn't want to do. The stupid voice. Oh my god! Yeah, that's funny. But is that and that's just a room thing? Is people tend to do that? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, is that not every room? I don't know. I think it's it's individual. Okay. Um, certainly, in in the last room I was in, people did voices, but it was also it was an animated show. It yeah, was a lot more charactery. Yeah, know, so people could inhabit that. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, so d- what happened? Did it did that anxiety just eventually fade through practice? Uh, yeah. I mean, and that was really the hard thing, too, is because I knew that I was being weird, and I knew that all I had right. to do was stop, uh, but there weren't really a lot of solutions. That is, I had forgotten, you and I had talked about this, Yeah, and that was the biggest thing, which I found both heartbreaking and hilarious, was you saying, I know I'm being weird, like, yeah. I'm not making friends doing this, yeah. I'm not endearing myself to these people, yep. I'm only alienating myself. I am just being the weird <laughs> kid in the cafeteria. But it's so hard to break out of it because you become so self-conscious yeah. and... Yeah, and then every time 
you say something, you get back in your head and you're just like, well, now I have to spend two hours thinking about that thing that I just said. (laughs) (laughs) So did the improv class help you get out of your head a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Um, Where did you go? Do you want to plug them? uh, I.O. West. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it was fun. Great. Terrific. Yeah. Um, It definitely helped. And also it helped to get that muscle going of talking, but also of listening. Mm -hmm. Um, And that also is a huge part of being in the room. Um, You really have to pay attention every single second because somebody might pitch a joke and you don't want to pitch that same joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I mean, just ideas are flying so quickly that you really just have to pay attention. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. So, and it wasn't just the, the fact of being in your own head so much that you couldn't pay attention as well as yeah. pitch. Yeah. Because yeah. I would come up with a joke and then I'd spend forever being like, well, is this really good enough to pitch? Or like, what is the funniest possible way to pitch this joke? And well, now I've been sitting here and they have either moved on completely or maybe somebody has pitched the same joke and gotten a laugh. So yeah. now I have to sit here and feel stupid about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I should have just said it. I have to beat myself up about yep. it now for two hours. Yep. And then it's lunch yep. and then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you guys were this was you guys were doing a lot of room writing yeah right so you really were like it was joke pitching yep. in addition to story pitching yeah. although I guess story pitching was done by that point uh, still a lot of both okay yeah um, and this must have been new to you as well all of it yeah um, so do you want to talk about room writing or uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so as a group once we have picked an idea to focus on. Uh, We work to just kind of get the beats up on the board. Um, And, you know, I know a lot of people say that as a staff writer or just a lower level writer that you should be the one to jump up and be the person that writes on the board. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a really good way to contribute. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought that that was really too much stress. Like, it's a lot of responsibility Hmm. because... then you're the person that decides what jokes get written up there. And I was like, I don't really think that that's appropriate for me. Like, who am I to say what jokes are the ones that we're going to use? That's a good point. So generally I have avoided doing that. Yeah. Um, No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, And then, I mean, it seems like pitching jokes would not be too difficult for you. I mean, that's not too different from even, like... The Sesame Street room must have been. Well, I mean, there's there's not a Sesame Street room as oh. such. Um, so, like, this really is my very first room <laughs> sure. experience. And everyone in that room, including the writer's assistants and the PAs, mm-hmm. have had years more experience than I've had in a room. <laughs> so, like, I am just the absolute baby of the group. <laughs> um, but... Pitching jokes, on the one hand, yeah, like, that's what I like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But generally, when I've been writing, like, you have the time to really craft it. And Mm -hmm. turns out, I am really, really wordy. So (laughs) it's really hard to pitch that kind of joke really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've had to kind of condense, which is great. Like, this is joke boot camp. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's sort of a, a skill that once you exercise, yeah. you can just kind of do. Yeah. Um, how, I, I'm curious to hear 
what that difference is. Like, what are the types of jokes that are on the show, and what are the types of jokes that, say, in your your spec scripts, you would have mm-hmm. written? Uh... Okay, so actually an example of one that did get used in the show. Um, Tim, the one of the husbands, mm-hmm. is talking to his teenage son, Tyler, that he needs to basically have a no-strings-attached relationship with this girl. Um, and the joke that I pitched was, this is a one-night stand for man, one giant night stand for mankind. It's a good joke. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of words. So that wasn't just something that I could just throw out immediately uh-huh. as soon as I thought of it. Because I had to, like, okay, what's the actual quote? have to make sure that I say everything <laughs> right. Uh, so I came up with it and then had to sit there for a while, get it right, and then finally pitch it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it was great. It was successful. Uh, but just... On a day-to-day basis, you need to have really short one-liners that Hmm. also, if they're too wordy, they're going to be too hard for the actors to say. So we need them to be succinct. Yeah, unlike writing a spec pilot, you're you're really writing for production, right? It's about the actors, it's about locations, it's about all that stuff. Yeah, and that has been, for me, the most interesting thing is writing to real life Mm -hmm. uh, because that just affects so much, so much more than you think about. Um, yeah, how so? There are storylines that we kind of have to work around with real people. Uh, one of our actresses was pregnant, so we lost her for a couple episodes. Um, and then we also, there was one where we had one of the characters uh, in a dream and She's pregnant for part of that, so we actually got to kind of exploit <laughs> her pregnant body. So that was great. Probably shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you know what out. I mean, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so like working for scheduling and then other stories. We only had a four-day shooting week because of, I think, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So we had to change locations for that story. Because, yeah, just like, these practical considerations. Yeah. Um, also, some of our characters are better at uh, memorizing lines, so they have to have things that are just a little bit shorter mm-hmm. sections. Um, and then other characters are just really great at physical stuff, so writing to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it's just so many different factors. That yeah, that's interesting. And is it? I can't imagine this stuff was sort of laid out for you. It's just by being in yeah. it, you start to understand it. Yeah. Um, okay, so a lot of the you guys were doing a lot of group writing. Mm-hmm. Were scripts assigned, or what were they? All, have they all been group written? So uh, some have been assigned. We okay. had the entire month of July off, actually. Mm-hmm. So we were assigned uh, a couple short scripts individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these are, you're basically writing a third of a script. A fourth right? of a script. A fourth of a yeah. script. Um, and I remember Justin talking about this. Is yeah. like no writer wrote a whole script. You were right. given a storyline because they don't interest intersect. Yeah. Uh, you just are responsible for those, how many pages? Seven pages. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great um, because they are really short, but also, again, it's kind of boot camp. You have to make, the, yeah. make sure that it's the most direct way of telling the story. And you can't have too much story in it yeah. because then it'll just get sloppy and confusing and stupid. 
Yeah, no, it's real haiku writing. Yeah. It's, right, how how spare can I get this? Yeah. How, how efficient can it be? Yeah. So how was that for you? Uh, writing the individual ones was just so much easier because that was what I have been used to. Mm-hmm. And then you really have the time to get all the best jokes in there. And one of those was the one about John getting hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was... Traveling with my dad at the time, so that <laughs> was transcribing. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, how much of a, an outline did you walk away with? Uh, we had the story beats all okay. solid by that point. All right. So um, you're really just sort of fleshing it out. Yeah. Okay. And you're, the story beats, like, have you gotten notes from studio, network? What has that process been yeah, like for you? Yeah, so as a room, we come up with the beats, then... Either as a group or Justin will send off an individual, uh, will write a story document, which is just a couple paragraphs, maybe two pages or so, mm-hmm. um, with that outline. Then we get notes on that. Then we kind of flesh it out into a more detailed outline and then get notes on that. And then we group write or individually write the script. Mm-hmm. Notes on that. Then the schedule is uh, Wednesdays are usually our table reads. Mm-hmm. So the night before, we'll really make sure that everything is as good as possible. Sure. We do a lot of uh, cutting and punching. Um, then after the table read, we'll get more studio network notes, make a lot of changes. And sometimes at that point, we'll even just throw entire stories out or completely rewrite them, hmm. uh, just depending on how well they worked. Yeah. And then, so what has that been like? Uh, it's kind of surprising like how quickly we can get a story <laughs> together when we need to. It makes you wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Some we will just belabor for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then others we will throw together in like a day or two. And they work. And they work, yeah. yeah. funny. There's, there's no way of knowing. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't think you can tell. Well, maybe you can tell what the difference is. I'm, I'm guessing not. Yeah. Um, so th- how, the notes process for you, mm-hmm. how has it been? Like, how, do you, how are you dealing with notes? As a, as a staff writer, you sort of are, are protected, right? Yeah. Um, the showrunner or the uppers sort of take, take any of those notes. But have you been given specific notes I mean, network we, or studio? we see all the notes. Right. Those get dispersed. Um, and they actually haven't been too extensive. There have been some storylines that they didn't love. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Justin doesn't agree, then we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really nice that, like, the things that he believes in, mm-hmm. we get to yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then sometimes it's just like, oh, this isn't as clear as we thought. So that's mm-hmm. easy enough to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes it's just jokes that they don't love and we'll come up with alternatives or sometimes. Will we'll, the group usually come up with new jokes? Yeah. And does the group do a punch-up on scripts also? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so over everything the, goes through the room. Everything, yes. Everybody has a hand in every script. Gotcha. Um, there's a lot of group punching and then also... A lot of weekends will have uh, alt passes, and mm-hmm. we'll just like our homework is going through the script and throwing in a couple jokes for them to use on set. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so you also, in this time, went to your first table read. Yep. Uh, how was it? Uh, I think they're so much fun. The whole cast sits at a long table up front, and then the room is filled with all the writers, the director, all the production people, and uh, studio network people. Um, and there's usually cookies, <laughs> which is obviously my favorite part. Sure. Um, and they just they read the script. Uh, one of our writers, Leslie, reads all the stage directions, and it's just kind of a fun little show. Mm-hmm. And it's real clear usually when jokes work and when they don't. Sure. Absolutely. You're getting it on its feet yeah. in front of people. So what was your experience personally? And what's your responsibility during a table read? What's you know a, a writer's responsibility? Uh, we sit there with a copy of the script and mark basically like, oh, we think this joke worked. We think this didn't. This was a little unclear. Um, and... Just the experience of it is it's really thrilling when people laugh at one of your stupid jokes. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) And when they don't laugh at your stupid jokes, you're like, well, they probably did it wrong. (laughs) That joke is funnier than everybody realizes, but, you know, that's fine. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's very funny. And then were you around for production? Did, Did they send you guys to set to produce? They do send us to set. Uh, for the episode that our name is on, mm-hmm. and my name will be on the eleventh episode, so I haven't yet okay. been on set. Great. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Next time. Um, I don't know what else. Like this seems like it seems like you're comfortable. It seems like things are going well. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's super fun. Um, you got over the difficult part. Finally. <laughs> how how long was it uncomfortable? Uh, and how long did you beat yourself up for? Well, I think as a writer, that probably just doesn't ever fully go away. Okay. Um, And actually realizing that was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Just being like, oh, everybody feels stupid about the jokes that don't work. Great. And everybody pitches tons of jokes that don't work. Um, And nobody's thrown out the second they do it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, other people's entire scripts have been thrown out for Mm -hmm. just logistical reasons. Uh, and everybody still realizes that they're great writers. So I've definitely learned not to take things personally. Like, mm-hmm. there are just so many jokes so much better than mine that get thrown out for stupider reasons. <laughs> sure. So uh, so that definitely helps. Um, but, yeah, it just really was kind of a matter of time and just getting through it. And also... You know, we stay in a group and do a lot of group writing, but then we'll also break off into smaller pods mm-hmm. sometimes. Oh, that's right. Um, so have like two or three tiny rooms going. And that was just immediately so much more comfortable for me. Why? Um, just fewer people, smaller settings. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be sitting around on couches and it felt more like shooting the shit than being in that kind of terrifying classroom setting. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that way you get more comfortable with the people. And also the dynamic can really shift in a room when it's different sure. groupings of people. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? And we can sort of yeah. talk broadly about this. But yeah. how how does that dynamic shift? Um, I mean, when we're all in the big group, the leader is Justin. And then uh, Barbie and Brad also um, are very involved. And sometimes because... The three of them are, you know, it's Justin's family. 
the three of them will kind of debate things while the rest of us are just waiting for them to decide something. Um, And then when we're in smaller groups, uh, someone else will get to be the leader. Or sometimes there really isn't a clear senior person. Mm -hmm. So then uh, it can be more of a, not free-for-all, but... It's it's different, right? You're given an assignment yeah. too, so it's really three or four people yeah. working on this this goal. Yeah, um, and I would imagine you know patterns to the way the room works start mm-hmm. to emerge when you have the big group where yeah. some people are more vocal. Yeah, some people are pitching constant. Like everyone has different styles, yeah. right? So again, that's a thing that gets shaken up yep. once you divide up into smaller groups and. You know, are given the opportunity to either talk more or less, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, and you know, some people definitely are like the joke machines, mm-hmm. and then some people are better with story. Uh, Liz Tippett, in particular, is just—I mean, she's also an incredible joke machine, but she's, I think, the best problem solver. Hmm. So you know, we'll be like, "Well, this doesn't make that sense. This doesn't make sense," and then she'll just kind of jump in with, "Well, what if you know we said it in this kind of setting?" Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. So everybody has their own, yeah, uh, Voltron skill. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you think you're bringing to the table? Uh, I think generally, um, I don't know. Maybe just story. Areas in general, because um, mm-hmm. they've used a fair number of uh, of my story idea pitches, That's great. Um, and I'm getting a lot better at the joke pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, and we talked about this last time, and we've talked about this before, um, and sort of in general with writers, it's mm-hmm. like this is the reason they're bringing you in. Yeah, is they want another brain who provides stories. Yeah, um, and you know. You met with Justin a couple of times, and mm. he knew you had these stories. Yeah. And that's why why they brought you into this group. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that's working. Yeah. Um, all right. So you haven't had your episode produced yet. Uh, a couple of my scripts have been filmed, but okay. just not But you the haven't one been with- sent to production. Right. The one with your name on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk after that. Okay. Um, when do you guys wrap? Uh, end of March, I believe. Okay. That would be a good time yeah. to chat again and talk about how the year went yeah. and what your future plans are. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk last time, and Twitter took me to task for not asking what you're watching on TV. Oh, Musa. Twitter <laughs> cares what I watch on they TV? They really want to know. Uh, Life I mean, in pieces, obviously. Obviously. Um, and the real ultimate answer is Law & Order SVU every day all the time. <laughs> Uh, but I binge-watched Mindhunter. Really, really liked it on Netflix. Yeah. People really dig it. I re- the acting is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of fun because, I mean, first of all, I know a lot about serial murderers. So it's just like, oh, hey, that's Ed Kemper. That's awesome. That guy's so <laughs> good at it. Uh, and, yeah, the guy that plays Ed Kemper is phenomenal. But it's great because it's like all this history that I'm familiar with. Um, but also there's kind of a procedural element in every episode, so it's a great format. Um, and actually, I've also been watching Younger. I hear Younger is great. Yeah. I've never watched it. Yeah, Sutton Foster is very charming. Right. She's terrific. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I watch this show? Right. <laughs> Are you working on your own stuff? Do you have time? Do you have even inclination? Uh, I am working on my own stuff. Um 
just because our hours are so humane, I definitely have time. Um, And, you know, when I was in New York, I was building during Mm -hmm. the days pretty long hours when we were in season at Sesame. And then kind of trying to get this writing career off the ground evenings and weekends. Mm-hmm. So and I'm, now you've achieved all of your goals. All, all of my <laughs> dreams have come true. Uh, and now I'm finally at the point where I can enjoy them. So now I have to fill all those hours again. <laughs> <laughs> so are you writing new material? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's Terrific. Fun. And it's amazing that you have time and energy to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it kind of could go either way. Yeah. Like, you could be working so much of this job that you are energized and yeah. want to do more, or you could be so tired, but it sounds like it's the former. Yep. Yeah, and now it's even more exciting because I feel like I'm getting better at it. So it's even more fun. Nice. Congrats. Uh, yeah. Uh, Liz, thank you for talking with us again. Um, thank I you. Think People will enjoy your journey, hearing about your journey, <laughs> um, and we'll pick it up again next year. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 